33 minutes past one o'clock, Wednesday 8th of December 2021. You're listening to the Nick Holt Radio Show on AINN.substack. That's the Australian Independent News Network Substack page. Joining me now is John Ruddock, who is the New South Wales Liberal Democrat Senate candidate. John has just written an article for a Spectator magazine called I Won't Be Taking excuse me, I won't take the vaccine, here's why. And I've invited him on the program today to talk about that article, which has basically been getting passed around like a church collection plate. It's a very popular piece, this, John. Well, look, I've been thinking about writing it for some time, Nick. Uh, you know, I, um, I just wanted to, I, I know lots of people and I understand their position of been coming out saying, I'm not going to disclose my... Uh, my personal medical records, and I think that's entirely fine. And, of course, we would all prefer not to be having to disclose this, but it's such a massive issue. I just wanted to come out with an article and say point blank, yeah, I'm not taking this thing, and I wanted to spell out why. Now, um, look, I am, mankind has achieved an enormous amount of good, okay? We were we were hunter-gatherers really not that long ago. And look, at we now have got the internet where we can put man on the moon. So, Humans are very impressive uh, little creatures, uh, but there is a dark side to us, and it's it's a dark side which is not uh, unique to any particular culture or race or anything or any time in history. It's called minority persecution, and it is mankind at our worst, and this is precisely what we are dealing with right now. Liberal democracies were meant to have overcome this primeval urge. Uh, now, obviously. What has happened to the Jewish people over the last 4,000 years? They have copped minority persecution more than any other group, and it's been very well documented. Going all the way, look, everyone's familiar with what happened in the 1940s in Germany. The Jews have put up with it for 4,000 years in, in, in uh, I think, originally in Mesopotamia, then in Egypt, and Babylon, Babylon, then the, the Romans absolutely crushed them. The Inquisition was largely a move against the, the Jewish people. The Russian pogroms in the, in the 19th century, in the early 20th century, mm. uh, but there's been endless others, and um, and now we and now I had assumed as liberal societies that we would never do this again. We are doing it right now with the with those people who have, for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, have chosen not to take a COVID vaccine. Now I'm not saying that the persecution now is anything like those pogroms in the past. But I am absolutely saying that there are very serious early warning signs going off right now in the way that these people have been demonised and treated by society, and we've got to take a stand against it now. Yeah, I don't think it's too far-fetched to suggest that there are some parallels here. Um, uh, let's just take Nazi Germany, for example, Um Obviously, for any any students of history, and I, I know you're certainly one. If it, the way that the Nazis were able to convince the average German within the population that the Jews were singularly the problem of all their uh, all, all the Germans' oppression following economic oppression, largely following World War One. The way that they did that was through designed propaganda, and as you write here, when an when an, an unintellectual dope with a soapbox like Ray Hadley 
compares the unvaccinated to supporters of Hitler and pedophiles, we are on a dark downward trajectory. Now, you're you're dead right in saying that he's an unintellectual dope, but also a very dangerous unintellectual dope because of the, the listenership that Ray has. And the average person can tune into that show and listen to that nonsense and they can believe it. So you have propagandists, no different from Goebbels, getting these people like Ray Hadley to essentially tell terrible lies about the uncleanliness or the impurity of people like you who have not been vaccinated. Well, look, the two greatest insults you can throw at somebody would be to say that they're a Nazi and to say that they're a pedophile. And this is what is truly in Ray's heart. He truly wants to demonise the unvaxxed people uh, as the word that, you know, he's saying that we're supporters of Nazis and pedophiles. Okay, now, uh, I mean, this is, this, is, this is how the pogroms and the persecutions of the past, these the most ugly episodes in mankind's history, have started. Mm. Now, look, I, I am not saying this is like 1940s Germany. I'm saying that there should be a discussion about is this 1934 in Germany? Now, at least in 1934 for, for the Jewish people, which life went on fairly normally. Okay, now the Nazis came to power in early 33. Immediately they were nasty to the Jewish people, but they certainly weren't um, building concentration camps at that point. Uh, look, there were some uh, communists were elected, uh, sorry, uh, arrested very early on in that regime. But most Jewish people, now, one advantage that the Jewish people actually had in the, in, that, in the early 30s was they could leave Germany. In fact, the Nazis encouraged them to leave Germany. Uh, you know, we can't even leave Australia, okay? We can't even leave, we can't even go into states. So we've actually got nowhere to hide. Mm. The, thing about, the one thing that's in common across all these ugly persecutions is that the persecuted minority is friendless and defenceless. There's no institutions in society which are on our side. They are all against us. The politicians are against us. All the major parties are against us. The public service is against us. The police are against us. The media, the corporate media is against us. The police are against us. uh, And education institutions are against us. Okay, so we really are friendless. Now, this this is why, yeah, and, and people are losing their job. Every day I'm hearing stories about people that are losing their job because they don't want to take the COVID vaccine. Okay, now, um, you know, we you remember not that long ago, people like Dr Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates and Joe Biden were promising us how amazing the vaccines were. One vaccine, one vaccine, and it's an amazing, you won't even catch COVID. That, that's what the... That's what the uh, message was. Well, then that very quickly said, oh, well, actually, you need two. Now that's three. Uh, The consensus is it's now three. And in some countries, in Israel and elsewhere, they're talking about a fourth. Okay, so there should be be some tolerance for a sceptical minority. There's not, though. And when we take a look at why, to me it seems fairly obvious, is that when you have a propaganda machine in our mainstream fake news media that is in synchronicity, yes. right, in synchronicity mm. deeming or reaffirming, not so much with the same language as Ray Hadley, but reaffirming Ray Hadley's sentiments that 
there is something deeply unclean and deeply immoral about people that uh, are refusing to take a vaccine. Now, prior to this pandemic, you wouldn't find a bioethicist on the planet that would suggest that any vaccine, especially for an, a respiratory illness, should be mandated across the entire planet. I mean, the, the very idea of that would have been considered uh, very radical within that discipline. So what we're up against is, as I say many times, is a very big lie. Now, the big lie here, John, is that if you and I don't get vaccinated, we are such a threat to society that we must be kept from participating in society. Well, what I think has happened is this. They massively overhyped COVID. Now, I believe they did that because they, the American left and the media, et cetera, was so obsessed with destroying Donald Trump. They had tried everything to destroy Donald Trump. They tried to impeach him over something that Joe Biden did something wrong in Ukraine, not Trump. Trump was a magnificent president. And we only want two things from an American president. We want world peace and we want prosperity, particularly for poorer people to get to start moving up the ladder. And Trump delivered both in space, but they still hated him because he wanted to drain the swamp. Now, they tried to do everything. They, they failed in the impeachment. Uh, this is early February, the first week of February 2020. Uh, the, the Democratic primary is going on at full steam. It's the New Hampshire primary. They've got these two deadbeats as the leader, Bernie the communist and Joe Biden the dementia sufferer, and Trump's looking like he's going to win. Now, then what happens was a bad flu comes along, okay, and that what that's what happens randomly roughly every quarter of a century. We had some bad flus in the 50s and the 60s, okay, and so then what they decided to then do is they decided to make this bad flu, which is a concern, COVID is a concern, uh, it certainly kills a lot of old people and people who are frail and sick, but they made it 20 times worse than it was and they freaked people out massively. So then they hyped it up so much and then they had to be our saviour. They've hyped it up so big, then they had to say, well, well, you know, we've got this massive threat, we're your saviour, and here's the answer, it's called the vaccine. And they rushed the vaccine to market so quickly and the reason why we don't rush vaccines to market quickly is because of unintended consequences. Okay, and but we rush this one in, you know, warp speed. We're also excited about this warp speed one, and then and you know, and you just can't dissent from, you can't you can't question. Well, did we bring it to market too quickly? Now, there are a hell there is a hell of a lot of anecdotal evidence on social media and in private conversations about people having vaccine inju injuries. I do not know how accurate they are. I've got my hunch, but I'm just a little humble little history student, so I don't know, I can't claim to speak with confidence on it. But I do know that the media, who, the corporate media, who've been telling us through the whole, throughout the whole of COVID how much they care about public health and, you know, that's all about trying to save every single life that they possibly can, they couldn't give a stuff about the vaccine injuries. We've got a couple of good senators there, Senator uh, Antic, Senator Rennick, really speaking up, and Craig Kelly, of course, George Christensen, speaking up, saying, look, this is a concern that needs to be looked at. But, you know, 
we don't get fair and balanced information on how much is happening with these vaccine industries because the corporate media is so invested in it. So invested. And look, I know someone who's 22 years old, fit as a fiddle, had the second Pfizer shot, and within 24 hours, he had the pericarditis, the heart inflammation problem. Now, the doctor at the MARTA hospital in Brisbane confirmed it was because of the Pfizer shot. So I don't know how much clearer you can get than that. The weird thing is, okay, obviously the vaccine experts didn't see this one coming. It seems to be pretty clear evidence that the vaccine injuries are particularly affecting fit young males like your friend. Okay, There's, there, was a, there was a compilation of all these European soccer stars that have like fallen over. Now it's now uh, that's pretty serious. It's I know friends that have taken the, the, the COVID vaccine who are say middle aged. They might smoke cigarettes. They may be relatively unhealthy. They might drink too much beer. They take the vaccine, and I say, "Do you have any side effects?" They say, "No, I didn't feel a thing." But it's young, fit people, and and just generally people who are in good shape. They say, "I." Oh, they at least say, oh, "I really hit me for six for a day." But then most of them say, "Well, then I was okay." But these these reports are that it's affecting our finest. Yeah, fit, fit people. I mean, this is, and and then they say, then the doctors say. Oh, it's a mild heart condition. Gee, I've never heard of a mild heart condition before. I've always thought before in the past, if someone has a heart condition, that's the most serious thing you can possibly have. Absolutely. Okay? Now we're told, oh, no, it's mild, it's mild. It's your frigging heart. There's no such thing as a mild heart condition. But this guy, well, putting him, putting him aside, it, but holding him there as the example, there's so much mass psychosis going on right now that it's almost become there's this sacrificial mentality as in so what that's the price he pays for protecting me and then what what really really gets me going is that these leftists and woke people running a cover suggesting that it's other people that they're worried about when in reality they want to, They will throw. They will throw children under the bus to protect themselves. Oh yes. But as you as you mentioned earlier, there's also this phenomenon going on. Is that I reckon you would find that the most ardent pro-vaccinators are also the people who have the most serious case of Trump derangement syndrome. There's a massive correlation. I completely agree about with this correlation, and I've been saying this since the beginning of the pandemic. It's a huge correlation, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And you can throw in global warming on top of that. You can th- throw in the Russian collusion delusion. The, the more people believe in the Russian collusion delusion, which, of course, is related to Trump, the more they have fallen for global warming, the more they fall for COVID mania. Now, uh, you know, in, in that article I wrote for The Spectator, I, this was data based off the Australian Bureau of Statistics. It said something like since the whole COVID thing started, about 140,000 Australians under the age of 50 have had COVID. And I think we've had about um, 16 deaths under the age of 50. And I say, what a pandemic. Now, 150,000 people is a lot of people under the age of 50. Yeah. Now, yes, it's clearly, it's clearly, look, most, 
most, most flus that are deadly, and look, every flu is deadly to some extent, they do affect elderly people and people who've got other sicknesses, other comorbidities. Uh, but this one, because it is a more lethal flu, to some extent, nothing like the Spanish flu from 100 years ago, nothing like it, uh, but it's still definitely worse than the regular flu, and it is kill it killing elderly people. So, I mean, what I said from the very beginning, from March 2020, I said, look, what we've got to do is here is basically get on with life should go on as normal unless you're in one of these high-risk categories and you should self-isolate and there should be... There should be uh, uh, support, community support, and yes, government support for people. Look, I mean, let's imagine if somebody is a 78-year-old widow, they are vulnerable and we want them to self-isolate. Well, what are we going to do about that? Well, look, somebody's got to drop them around food, okay, somebody who, who doesn't have COVID. So we can take steps to prevent the, 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 the frail elderly without becoming a COVID-1984 police state, which is what we are rapidly on the, on the fast track to becoming. Well, that's the question. How far? How fast is this? Is this? Is this happening in terms of a, a reality presenting itself as a reality? Because I often say to people, I'm I'm not tremendously concerned because I have I have a certain amount of faith in society uh, being self correcting in a way to turn back to good and what's right and what's proper and. It doesn't mean that things are not going to get extremely bad first, but I want to turn my attention to this paragraph you wrote here because I think this is uh, speaks volumes to what I'm talking about, which is I don't think that they're going to get away with this. I think it's largely smoke and mirrors and desperation. Why are they doing this? We don't know. Are they corrupt? I don't know. Clive Palmer made an accusation. Why hasn't that been challenged? If that was wrong, Clive Palmer's accusation about Pfizer basically bribing people, then why didn't he get sued for saying it? It was just radio silence. But you write, John, tens of thousands of Australians have lost their job because they didn't take this vaccine. And which profession was most resistant worldwide? Plumbers? Architects? Bus drivers? No. Nurses, the ones who at least claim to see vaccine injuries firsthand. Those making those claims are either brilliant actors, but with no motive to lie, or gallant truth tellers. First, where did you get your statistics um, for that claim? Well, look, the mainstream media reported uh, the, 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 one of the Brisbane. Uh, news outlets said something like um, uh, 8,000 Queensland nurses were going to lose their job, 8,000 in the, you know, the Australia's third biggest state, and that's just one profession and in one state. But these nurses walking off the job because of COVID vaccines, who a year ago the whole world was saying, oh, they're the greatest heroes in the world, these COVID nurses, well, precisely the same people now who do not want the COVID vaccine all around the world are saying, okay, if you give me a choice between taking the COVID vaccine and making me unemployed, I will choose unemployment. Now, why would they be, why would that profession in particular be so resistant? There's no doubt in the world the nurses are the most, the most resistant to this. Well, they say, I mean, you're on social media, Nick, I'm on social media, uh, they say it's because they've seen too many vaccine injuries. 
Okay, so, I mean, I don't know what, they do not have any motive to lie. Now, it could be that they are being whipped up by other social media and maybe it's, it is being uh, inflated. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. What I do know is it's not being investigated properly. It's not. No. Occasionally you'll see a media story about it, but the, and it might say, oh, well, this is happening, this is happening, but then they'll spend the rest of the story saying, oh, it's really rare, uh, it's barely ever happening, you know, um, and uh, <clears throat> I don't believe it because these, the, the media is so invested in COVID mania. They would, they've got to the point now where they would prefer lots of people to die to protect their reputation. And that's a pretty diabolical position to be in. Absolutely. It's very difficult to backtrack from the amount of uh, sensationalism that they've put across our screens to actually take a step back and say, it's almost the opposite of what we're saying. That's right. Now, it'll, and then we've had some high-profile you know, high people, some, some footballers in particular, like we were saying before, it's young, fit, healthy men that are getting the most affected by this. And we, you know, we we see it even in Australia. I think there's been two AFL players or a basketball player in the in the past week. It does make the news because these people are high profile. But what would happen? If, what's happening to the people who are not high profile? Mm. I mean, I mean, the social media says it's happening a lot. Your mate, your 22 year old mate, happened to him. Well, he's not famous. It's not making the corporate media. Uh, so, uh, look. I, a point, another point I, I make towards the end of the article, Nick, is this. I say, look, it is possible that maybe the people like myself that have not taken the COVID vaccine will, with the passage of time, be proven to be fools. That could be the case. Uh, now, if that is the case, and if it, if, if it was in our interest to have taken the COVID vaccine, we are still doing far more damage to the, to the liberal fabric, to being a civilised society, by, you know, making the state so powerful and taking away people's individual freedom. The worst case is, is that, you know, unvaccinated people like myself get particularly sick. There's, there's really not much evidence around the world that is happening. Some people say it's the opposite, but let's say, you know, that we get sick and we clog up the, the public hospitals for a few weeks because we because we all get COVID and some of us die. Mm. Well, if we die because of a voluntary foolish decision, well, that's on us. That's on me, okay? And I can live with that because we would prefer that rather than passing on to the next generation this big, heavy-handed, you know, state that this government control over individuals' lives, that is the greatest the greatest damage that's been done to human beings since the time of the pharaohs is not war or pestilence. It's dictatorial governments. Absolutely. And let's let's talk about that for the last five or so minutes that I've got you here. Now, moving forward to the 2022 election, is there a pathway for an Australian government not to be led by Liberal or Labor, a federal government? Well, look, there was a poll this week in Victoria, uh, which has got the most heavy-handed police state. And so some, pe some people, when they get this anonymous phone call on a Tuesday night over the dinner table, and some little kid at the polling company says, who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for? Okay, some people are, when they live in a soft police state, which Victoria is at least a soft police state, they feel a little bit fearful about telling the pollster that they're not going to vote for the government or, or the, at least a major party. They're going to, you know, there will be reluctance to say, well, I'm intending to vote for the Liberal Democrats or I'm going to intend to vote for the United Australia Party, one of the sort of more sort of, you know, unorthodox parties at the moment. 
Now, despite that, something like 40% of people in Victoria told the pollster that they ain't voting Liberal or Labor, 40%. So it may mean that the real number is 50%. Mm, Wow. So in answer to your question, Nick, absolutely, let's go for it. Let's absolutely see if we, if the minor parties, and look, the minor parties on the right have got very good relations. We all like each other. The left and the right of the Liberal Party hate each other's guts. Uh, we like One Nation. We like the United Australia Party. Uh, we like other minor parties on the right. And so there's goodwill there. We basically are all agreement on the big issues uh, for this election, which is COVID overreaction, trillion dollars worth of debt that we didn't need, and, uh, of course, uh, the perennial global warming nonsense hype. So let's go for gold. Let's go for a big breakthrough. Now, if we can get control, that we can get a reasonable number of senators in and we can hopefully even get a few members of the House of Representatives in there, we really can turn this thing around. There's only one, there's only one way to turn this around, ladies and gentlemen, and that's through the election, Okay. We're not going to have an armed uprising in this country. Correct, yeah. Uh, we're going to have the only our opportunity we get is the election, okay? And and that that this is every every politician says the coming election is the most important election in Australian history, and it's nonsense most of the time. Uh, but this one, this one is if if we just get the status quo, we are going to continue on our descent downwards, and it won't be a good thing. Four minutes past two, Wednesday, 8th of December, 2021, Liberal Democrat Senate candidate for New South Wales, John Ruddock. And while you're there, make sure you go and check out John's article, I Won't Take the Vaccine. Here's why. You can find that on Spectator. John. Nick, thank you very much. A great honour to be on your show. I enjoy listening to it. and It's a, it's a terrific uh, a pleasure to be, to, be, to be a guest. Thank you.